Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So I am coming to you today from, well, obviously prison. You can tell by my surroundings. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I have been sick for the last week and I moved from my apartment to a new house up in the hills. And uh, we don't really have a backdrop yet. So Adrian is in the process of getting that all dialed in. And, in, and until she gets a backdrop, we're going to be stuck with the old prison theme here, just light gray wall in the back. <laughs> What's ironic is if I just turn the camera around this way, I've got the most beautiful view of Medellin you've ever seen in your life with an infinity pool here and the Basically, the opposite of prison. But if you're just tuning in and you don't know what's going on, you probably say, My goodness gracious, what did that? Why is that guy not in an orange jumpsuit? But anyway, let's get on to the topic of the video. I mean, we've got the dollar skyrocketing, and I think this could be the next Black Swan event. For those of you who have been following my channel for the last few months, you know that the dollar on the DXY has gone up and up and up and up and up and up. And because there's so much dollar-denominated debt in the world, uh, as the dollar goes up relative to other currencies, that means that, that, that the debt becomes more burdensome. And if it's harder to pay back, then that could mean a lot of these businesses go bust. And that, mean the, that means the global economy has a very difficult time, and it's already in an extremely precarious position to begin with. You guys know that from watching my videos. We've been talking about China. We've been talking about Evergrande. Uh, now, just WeWork today is in jeopardy of missing a $95 million payment. And a lot of this goes back to the tightening of credit standards, the tightening of credit conditions, and then that plays into the dollar. So we're going to connect the dots here in just a moment. Let's start by going straight over to the uh, DXY and see what's going on here. I mean, it's over 107 as we speak. And for those of you who have been watching my videos, you know that we were watching this line very closely, this resistance around 105.6 or 105.7. And we discussed how if it gets above this line and it stays above the line, well, that means the dollar could go much, much higher. We could see it at 110, 112, 113. So let's go ahead and zoom out on this chart, go to a five-year, and uh, you can see that that's the resistance right about here that we just blew through. So that was kind of what I was thinking about maybe two weeks ago. I'm like, let's watch to see if it goes to 106. And if it does go to 106, does it come crashing right back down below 105.7, call it? Or does it stay there? Does it go up on volume? You know, how strong is the move? And we can see that the move is very, very strong. So the next point of resistance that you have is way up here at 113 or so. And I'm by no means a technician. I'm sure most of you know this stuff better than I do, but it's just pretty pretty basic. You've got uh, resistance levels uh, at these certain points, and if we zoom out even farther, you can see that if we go, and that's that's a big if, but just uh, let's for a moment assume that we go above that 112 or 113, then the next level is 120. And if we get near the 120 level, I mean, that's when we come close to Plaza Accord 2.0 time, unless this is the United States game plan, unless this is what Jerome Powell 
unless this is what they want to do. They're like, look, we've got China that could be invading Taiwan. We've got all this, uh, well, you know what's going on with Ukraine and China. We've got these, uh, Saudi Arabia isn't playing ball. They're trying to reduce supply, which is creating higher oil prices and going into uh, 2024 election uh, year. The, the Biden administration obviously doesn't like high oil prices. So they see Saudi Arabia or OPEC plus trying to kind of poke them in the eye with a stick. <laughs> and they're like, okay, well, if you want to play that game, let's just take the dollar or try to take the dollar straight to 120. And then we'll see how you like your high oil prices there, Mr. Saudi Arabia. That could, And I'm not saying that's what they're doing. I'm saying it could be. I mean, obviously the dollar is a weapon and we think of the dollar as a weapon in terms of just being able to freeze dollar accounts and, uh, you know, kicking people off the Swiss Swiss swift system excuse me and then uh issuing that uh you know economic sanctions and whatnot but we also need to realize that the dollar it's its biggest strength if you're wielding it as a weapon is the dollar actually going up against all of these other currencies especially the countries that have to import things like oil things like commodity things that they have to have dollars to actually buy because then you're getting just a, a, a double whammy there. The price of oil is going up, but then the value of dollars that you need to buy that oil is going up as well relative to your own currency. So you may have the exact same amount of currency coming in in Colombian pesos or Japanese yen, but the, <laughs> you're sitting there saying, whoa, basically I have to come up with twice as much yen to buy the exact same amount of oil that I was buying last week. You got to think, what does that do to the global economy? And that's just one component of, of this perfect storm that is the dollar going up and up and up. And it just becomes this economic wrecking ball for the global economy. And the reason I think this is just such a black swan is because let's just rewind, what, a month, two months? What was everyone talking about? Oh, the dollar's going to crash. The dollar's going to collapse. What, 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 Josh, how many people have you heard talk about the BRICS currency lately? That is all I hear about. Or for a good few now? months. Over the last couple weeks? No, no. That was all we were hearing about probably probably three or four months ago. That's my point. And now it's like, uh, brick, brick who? Brick what? <laughs> What's going on? Gold-backed currency destroying the dollar? Really? You got the dollar skyrocketing. And even going back to when that uh, clown on Twitter came out, and made that bet that the dollar was going to hyperinflate in like 90 days. Remember that? And uh, I, I was saying that, look, if, if anything, our problem is not the dollar going down. That would actually be beneficial. Our problem is the dollar going up. It's, you know, at the time, the dollar was, let's say, 100 on the DXY, right around there. And I said, look, if the dollar goes down to 90, 80, even 70, that's fantastic. That's amazing. <laughs> that's what we need. That's the release valve for the global economy. I said, that's, we shouldn't be worried about that. What we should be worried about is the dollar going to 120, 130, 140. And sure enough, and also too, when this, all the, uh, it was like a, 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 a BRICS currency hysteria, right? In the mainstream media, everywhere on Twitter, especially in the gold and Bitcoin space. And when you see that hysteria, nine times out of 10, you know that whatever the hysteria is doing, the, result over the next few months 
will be the complete opposite. And I was saying that back then as well. I'm like, look, this guy just made a million dollar bet that the dollar is going to hyperinflate. So my guess is in 90 days, the dollar will probably be higher, not lower. And I don't know how long it's been, but the dollar is sure a heck of a lot higher now than it was when he placed that bet. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out of control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. So getting back to this, let's check out some more charts here. I want to go to the CNBC homepage because what's also fascinating, as you guys can see right here, is the 10-year and 30-year treasury yield are at their highest level since 2007. So this is very kind of bizarre where you have the dollar just going up and up and up and acting as this global economic wrecking ball, while at the same time, the treasuries, the long end of the curve, is selling off. Now you could say, George, that's high oil prices. Uh, maybe, but let's check out oil. So we go right here to the top of the CNBC homepage. We look at bonds. That gives us the 10-year, 4.73, 4.74 almost. We're going to have to do a completely separate video on this today because that in and of itself is big, big news. But then we look at, uh, not policy, I don't want policy. Oh, my gosh. We look at oil down below 90 so we've got oil that was at like 95, 96. I've been a little sick, like I said, so I haven't been paying uh, very close attention to it. But I think it was around 95, 96, and now it's down below 89. So you would assume that there would be, if it was all about inflation expectations, that there would be a little bit of a uh, uh, putting downward pressure on yields. Uh, a little bit more buying it along into the curve because if oil is going down, you would assume that inflation expectations are subsiding as well. Um, but that's not what's happening. So my base case right now, just after looking at this for 10 minutes, is what you probably have is everyone needs dollars and all they have is treasuries. So all these people that have the long end of the curve, all these entities, all these pension funds, all these sovereign wealth funds, banks maybe in the euro dollar system they've got maybe these uh long dated treasuries but they need dollars they're short on dollars because the dollar's going up and up and up and up so they've got to sell the treasuries to get the dollars they need that's that's just me kind of spitballing it that's the first thing that comes to mind when i look at these two dynamics at play so then we go over to gold as you can imagine gold's getting just smoked because the dollar going up and uh, Bitcoin, well, that's in, that's actually really good. Uh, Bitcoin is at 27,000, so staying pretty strong. 
uh, even though the dollar going up. So I always like it when Bitcoin isn't correlated to anything. Uh, you know, when it was trading, just kind of tied at the hip with the NASDAQ, that to me was like, yeah, I don't really like that. Uh, if, if you're a, a Bitcoin bull long term or if you value Bitcoin because it's money and because it's a non-correlated digital asset that's outside of the system. That's the reason I like Bitcoin, but it just wasn't behaving that way. It wasn't performing that way. So it's good to see this uh, maybe, and I don't know what the NASDAQ is doing, but at least it's becoming a little bit uh, untied to the United States dollar. But then going back to the homepage here, guys, you can see that the dollar wrecking ball is crushing Russia right now, which again leads me to believe that maybe, just, just maybe, you know, Jerome Powell, this is one of the reasons why he is talking so hawkish and why they're, I don't know, this could play into why they're raising rates. Obviously, it's probably about domestic inflation and getting a, a hold on that. But obviously, they're thinking about this. Now, whether they're acting upon it or not, who knows? But look at what it's doing to the ruble. In which case, if the ruble goes too high, then what's the Russian central bank going to have to do? They're going to have to come out and raise rates, which they can do because they don't have much debt. But that puts further downward pressure on their economy, which is beneficial for the United States. But then, of course, doing that has some, let's say, knock-on effects. And one of them would be right here. The British pound just had its worst month for a year. The strategists expect a further fall. So you've got to say, okay, George, why is that a big deal? Because there's a lot of entities, especially a lot of banks in the UK that have pound cash flow, and they might not have offset uh, they might not have hedged their balance sheet well enough. So if the dollar goes up and up and up and up and they're not expecting it, they can be caught off sides. The, the dollar, like I said, going up, especially when it's getting above 110, getting to 120, that's not good for anybody. Unless you could kind of say the United States because we could just crush our enemies with that strong dollar. But at the end of the day, those enemies that we're crushing are supplying us with all the goods that we need to really function as a society. And if we're not buying those goods, or if those goods are, are uh, going up in price because there's less of those goods available, because they're not being produced, because those economies are suffering, then that means that uh, that's going to impact the U.S. domestic economy as well. Uh, unfortunately, our, our economy is tied to a lot of these other countries that we call enemies and to just immediately take everything in Walmart and say, okay, now we're going to produce that in Mexico. That doesn't happen overnight. And so at a certain point, this starts to impact the United States just as badly as it impacts these other countries to the point where even Jerome Powell would have to wave the white flag. And that's when they come in with a Plaza Accord 2.0. Now, where is that? Is that at 120, 130, 140? I don't know. But this is something that we really need to watch like a hawk. And it's not on anyone's radar. I mean, the dollar's at 107, and you don't even see that on the CNBC homepage. Zero Hedge isn't even talking about it. So uh, this is something that could catch a lot of investors and a lot of countries in the global economy offsides. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. 
If you want to see more of the interesting news stories, not too recent because I've been sick, but the interesting stories that we've covered on this channel, Josh, put them in a playlist right about here, and we'll see you on the next video.